0: Welcome to the Strength to Change podcast. This is our first episode in our long-form interview format, and we're fortunate to have Mr. Derek Lopez on the show today. Derek started Stand Up Our Kids, creating a stand-up desk to kind of solve the problem of his son who was in class, and he wasn't willing to accept that he was just going to be medicated, and he wasn't able to focus, but he created something to change that dynamic, and then as his mission is to furthermore change the world and hopefully reach every school in the United States. I'm excited for you guys listen to this episode. Derek shows, shares some great things on following his passion, impacting the youth of our nation, as well as just following his own pursuits as far as an entrepreneur. Enjoy the episode. I know you're going to love it.
1: Welcome to the Strength of Change podcast. We're super fortunate to have Mr. Derek Lopez on the show from Stand Up Our Kids. Super inspiring story and message that he's bringing to the world. So excited to have him on our first interview format, long form podcast. So Derek, man, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here nice and early from out west.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, Nick.
1: Yeah, man. So tell me a little bit about yourself and then kind of what is the premise and mission of Stand Up Our Kids?
2: So, yeah, like you said, my name is Derek Lopez. I I started Stand Up Our Kids LLC about two years ago. Um, I have three kids under nine. I have a full-time day job doing medical sales, and uh, I've always been an athlete. i played college baseball and I, I love snowboarding. I've just always been a very, very active uh, person. And so uh, a couple years ago, my son broke his leg skiing and uh, some light bulbs went on for me when he was in kindergarten. I noticed that uh, when he was in his wheelchair, he was pretty much at the same activity levels as all the other kids, which was sitting down. Right. Uh, so with my active lifestyle and <clears throat> You know my background, uh, you know I just thought this was such a problematic, troublesome, just negative experience, and I wanted to do anything I could to make it positive. so uh, I, I just pondered for weeks and weeks while he was in this wheelchair and thinking to myself, gosh, kindergarten's all about fun and activity and 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 it should be a fun time and then you know the light bulb went on with standing desks and uh, I did some research. Yeah, there's some manufacturers out there, uh, but they're really, they're big furniture companies that really don't have the special interests that I have as far as, uh, you know, really promoting standing and more activity for kids during the day. So I started a Facebook page and I just started talking and putting out the word and, and these messages. And then, uh, after like four months, an old friend, uh, I haven't talked to in 20 years. He's actually a doctor in Houston and he reached wow. out to me and he said, look, I, I see what you're doing. I, I see you're trying to do like the activism thing and and push this whole topic. However, you know, if you're serious, you should probably manufacture these things. And if you're really serious, I can connect you with the right people. And so, uh, you know, I've known this guy for 20 years and he's a really good dude. So I trusted him and I uh, I went down the path and and uh, I came to a point where I needed to, to, to fund this whole thing. And so I cashed out my 401k and bought the first inventory. So we're debt free. Uh, I'm self-funded. I bought roughly 60 desks for the first inventory and started a company. And now we have our desk in seven different states on all education levels. So K through 12 and college. So, uh, wow. Yeah, it was just a, a really weird time in my life where I was trying to turn something that was horribly negative into something positive, and, and this is what happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, that, that's a crazy story. Tell me kind of the feeling you had when you start, you know, doing the the videos and stuff, and he, he connects with you, and then you're like, hey, I got to fund this. Tell me what it felt like to cash out that 401k and kind of go for it.
2: You know, it, it took me almost a month and have to actually pull the trigger and uh you know i i thought about i thought about it and i i I wrote down the numbers and and thought about you know what where do i want to see my family and 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 my my entrepreneurial aspirations and my career everything where do i see it in 12 months where do i see it in five years where do i see it 10 years so actually this huge decision forced me to really think you know, think through it. And at the end of the day, I thought to myself, if I really wanted to be, start a business, I'm gonna, and I want to, I want some funding. I either do this or I go get a business loan. If I get a business right. loan, you know, and I, and I pay, and I pay an interest rate, it's gonna be the same cost to me on the back end as the fee that I'm gonna pay on the front end for the 401k fees. So I said, screw it. And so it was a really hard decision. I do have another 401k already building up. Um, I'm sure it made my wife pretty nervous, but she was, she was super supportive and it ended up working out, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Having that supportive partner, I'm sure is key. I went through a similar uh, process when I opened my gym. You know, obviously I didn't want to take out a huge loan, but I had some money saved up from my time in the military and retire- uh, money I put towards retirement. And I was like, well, I can exactly go one route, take out a loan. Or I can, you know, find some small level partners and cash out everything and kind of take that, take that step. And I love talking to other people who have gone through that because it's, hey, it's, it's up to you to make something happen. So I love seeing that kind of action step that you took. Uh, tell me kind of what, what level of, do you have a background in engineering or research? Or how did you figure out as far as designing the desk that would be, you know, usable and functional to provide the value that you wanted the value to provide? to kids in school well
2: it's funny you say that because as i was trying to cash out the 401k i thought to myself i don't have any experience in education i don't have any experience in, in engineering i have no experience in website design like i, I like it took me a, a long time to really cash out my 401k because i was thinking about all this stuff right. and it's it's true I, I don't have experience in education i don't have experience in engineering and it, it it was a lot of like, you know, going to sleep at night with a bunch of doubt, and then watching like a Gary V video or a Eric Thomas. Do you follow Eric Thomas? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I I literally would like end the day with all this doubt, and then watch like a Gary V video and Eric Thomas video, and like refresh yeah. and reinvent myself, and then come back the next day and just keep grinding. And the engineering part you know, it was just pure motivation. I was like literally using a pencil and paper and drawing my own renderings with a ruler. And I threw out a ton of paper and and screwed up a ton of times, but fi- yeah. I finally came up with some a rendering that actually made sense. And the manufacturer said, yeah, this will work. And so um, that was it. I mean, I literally like took a picture of my rendering on a piece of paper and forward it to my manufacturing partners and asked them, will this work? And they said, yes. And so, <laughs> you know, the first, it was funny, I should have saved them all, you know. To, to, For sure. And that that actually taught me to, to, to save as much memories from this process as possible. Like Gary V says, you know, just record the whole thing and then, you know, you're gonna look back in five years and be like, holy cow, you know. So yeah, there's no experience. It was just full grit and just willing to learn and I think I'm still there, you know, but it, that's, yep. I think what most entrepreneurs do is that they just go for it and figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and that's great. Like there's always a thousand reasons not to do it, right? You're always going to be able to find that reason and working with my clients and working with the kids that I work with, you know, there's always going to be a reason not to do it. And just like you feel that doubt and Hey, I don't know anything about desk website, social media marketing. I don't know any of that thing. But that one thing you do know is like, hey, this is the impact. This is the change I want to bring to the world. And you allow that to take the forefront and not be held back. And I think a lot of people struggle because everyone's got a good idea, right? I'm sure a hundred people have thought about stand-up desks for kids before. But you were able to fight through that, whether it's through, you know, other people motivating you or your own self-drive. But you're able to take that step and make it happen. Uh, Do you, I'm sure you know all this information, kind of share with us some of the facts and statistics associated with inactivity, childhood obesity, ADD, ADHD, because I know it's rampant. Um, Running my after school program in the middle school, at the middle school level and working with kids in the gym, like just being able to see the difference between an active young person and an inactive young person is huge. And I know you have a lot of information. I think that's super valuable to kind of share.
2: Yeah, I think um, so. A lot of people don't understand, and they get into parenthood, and they don't even know some of these stats. And then, and then it's it it's just mind blowing. So so it's it's known or it's thought that six and a half million kids have ADHD,
0: which wow. means
2: you know that we're saying that six and a half million kids are walking around with a neurological disorder. And I don't believe that's true. And then there's Eighteen and a half percent of kids five to eighteen eighteen per eighteen and a half percent of kids five to eighteen are obese or hitting the obesity line and so um, you know these two stats for me childhood obesity and childhood ADHD are a very serious serious topic for me in this organization because you know my for instance the ADHD thing you know my son was at risk of getting Assessed, right? And I'm not making right. fun. But I'm not making fun of it by any means because I do think there are kids that you know um, have uh, challenges that ne- that need support. Um, you know, but there are certain challenges that you can tackle with with simple human tactics. For instance, you know, my son was at, at like I said at risk for being assessed. You know, but when we really assessed his environment, he had his best friend sitting ten feet from him. And he had two or three other kids who are very loud and uh, controlling and came from traumatic backgrounds. So he had two or three kids in his environment. Um, I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying this is how kids operate. Right. And we don't identify the social thing, right? Or what's going on in the classroom. And then we diagnose them. Well, when I gave my son his standing desk it wasn't really about standing and being healthy it was about ownership and accountability so we said hey your teacher and your parents believe in you and we support you here's the standing desk and he was like eyes wide open stoked about it loving it but the but the goal was hey if you continue acting up if you continue disturbing disrupting the class the desk is going to get taken away from you and he couldn't ponder he couldn't think like how horrible it would be for his standing desk to be taken away <laughs> he, he wanted it so bad that right. it changed it changed everything he literally was like a top a bottom five reader in the beginning of the school year and he turned himself around into like a top ten top five reader uh, in, awesome. the, in the classroom so he was engaged he had the ownership um, and at the end of the day he was standing up burning more calories and you know allowing that that body to you know, have good posture, and uh, it was a game changer. And you know, if 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 we were in the hands of other parents that maybe don't pay attention to this stuff and just leave it up to the education system, he might be taking ADHD meds and possibly be diagnosed, which I know he's not. And I Correct. think a lot of a lot of parents get to that. You know, they get to that little like edge. They get to the edge, right? And they're like, Do I give my kids meds and and put this treatment program on them? Or do I just chalk it up to the fact that he's a kid and we should just let this thing go and support him? And I think the standing desk can fit right there in the middle as this experimental method before they go to the therapist or before they go to the psychiatrist. So I think childhood obesity and ADHD are huge topics that people need to pay closer attention to.
1: Absolutely. And I'm 100% on board with that. And. You know, like you said, we're we're not saying that it doesn't exist. We're saying I'm saying personally that it, there needs to be a little bit more evaluation. Like like you said, is the student just in an environment that's not conducive to focus? Is the student in an environment that is distracting to them? And what I think, as the as students get older, and maybe even some younger students, is are the students being challenged? enough to keep them engaged, to keep pushing them forward, you know, outside of their comfort zone so that they're not just complacent with, hey, this isn't interesting to me. What are we doing to stimulate mental and physical growth on a daily recurring basis that will prevent distraction and, you know, their mind wandering that is then all of a sudden diagnosed as ADD and ADHD. And then all of a sudden, because they're not stimulated and challenged in the classroom, now we're on medication that you know, positive, negative effects, who knows, down the road, um, that, also, that can be avoided. And I think the standing desk, like you said, is that great middle ground that can reinvigorate, you know, the student to be more focused and to pay attention at a higher level in class. If it's even, I think I've seen some of your pictures where it's not the whole classroom of standing desk. It's, hey, there's four in the back. If someone is distracted, Hey, get up, go take an opportunity to use your standing desk. If you know your legs get tired or whatever it is, you can come back to your seated desk. And even, this is a crazy thing. Even when I was in the Marine Corps, we had these huge classrooms when we're going through um, school learning tactics and all this stuff. And it's a long day we're, kids are in school for eight hours. Like any adult can probably agree when they're at work. There's definitely a time in the day that they're fatigued and most kids aren't drinking coffee like you and I, right. so, even right. when i a student and an instructor in the Marine Corps, we would allow students to stand up, go to the edge of the classroom, go to the back of the classroom, continue to focus so that you're not missing the material. And we weren't diagnosing anyone with ADD. We were like, hey, this makes sense. Get up, get your blood flowing, and let's move forward. Yep. Um, so I agree 100%. I think it's that great middle ground that we can you know, use this as a tool to, again, re-stimulate reinvigorate that student in the classroom so i love that and then you know i've had experiences with I, had, I ran a summer camp for middle school kids and parents were like hey if my kid is too out of control and i had him for the full day if they're too out of control i can come back and get them and i'm like hey i think we'll be fine and because we were actively engaged in things all day we're working out we're going for a hike we're learning things that are kind of challenging the, the kid never had any issues. And these kids that are hyperactive at home and at school, they're in the gym. The crazy thing is it doesn't exist.
2: Yeah, like
1: It just immediately goes away, which is baffling to me um, yep. that we, we don't see that more often in schools and other other locations. Yeah. Um, and I, like you said, burning more calories, obviously childhood obesity is one of my passions and I see it at all levels of young people and adults and just standing up, like you said, you're automatically burning more calories and every little bit helps. So I think it's a great, a great place to be. Um, so tell me before we get to kind of the final questions and finishing up, where can people follow you, learn more, kind of see what you're doing. You're very active on social media, which I love. So I want people to know where to find you.
2: Yeah. So, uh, our website is standupourkids.com. So you can definitely, um, you know, I keep the website really brief and, and, and simple. It's got a homepage, a product page, and a blog. So um, check us out there. And then uh, Twitter at, at Stand Up Our Kids. Uh, and the same thing at Facebook and Instagram as well, Stand Up Our, Crit, Stand Up Our Kids. And then uh, 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 my, my personal brand uh, you can find on Instagram uh, and in YouTube, Stand Up Dad. And so, uh, yeah, I'm pretty active on all the platforms as much as I can be.
1: Awesome. Yeah, we'll link all that up in the uh, show notes and make sure it's on all of our social media as well. Um, awesome. Tell me kind of what's your, what is your, do you have a, for other entrepreneurs or people that are trying to impact change, you're very active. Like I said, I love, love your content. Like, what is your kind of content strategy on those social media platforms?
2: Press the start button. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think, um, you know I, I can't create enough content right now, and that's where I'm at in my life. I'm at a challenge where I'm trying to figure out how to take care of family life, career life, and then do as much content creation as possible. And right now, I get that five minutes or that fifteen minutes to come in the garage and maybe make a video or you know sit in my office and and you know come up with a two page blog. Um, and so I'm I've basically taken, all of the time that I would typically consume media on television, you know, and I miss, I do deeply miss sports center. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you listen to the Tony Robbins and the Eric Thomas's and the, and the Gary Vaynerchuk's, you know, you, you can't finish your day with a bunch of excuses when you spent, you know, 30 minutes watching, you know, SportsCenter. center. And so I think right. that when it came to the content and the, and, and the media creation, you know, First, I got over myself and said, I don't care if I'm 33, 34, 35 years old, you know, and other people see this as childish or narcissistic or whatever the hell you, I, I, I got over that real fast. Yep. And then the step two was figuring out where the time was and the light bulb went on. I'm like, gosh, I watched, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of Sports Center every night. You know, I can utilize that time to edit videos, build my website, you know, uh, and, and put, put up content. So I think it's just pressing the start button, you know. And and kind of like the Gary Vee thing again, you know, is like record instead of create. And then you know, once you look back, you'll realize how much you actually have created by just recording. Right. And so that's what I've tried to keep that mentality. I really want to get more aggressive here in 2019 with like a quick one-minute video of a hot topic, either in school life or family life, and then just you know, post it, don't edit it too much, and just do that over and over again daily. And hopefully at the end of the year, you know, I'll have 200, 300 plus one minute videos where I can continue to, to build. So just that press works. the start Press the start button and, and, and it'll work out. But if you're worried about making a perfect video or making a perfect blog or, you know, making a perfect piece of content, um, you're never going to do it. I mean, Twitter says, the algorithm says you should post you should tweet 13 to 15 times a day, you know? So think think about that. That's just one platform, you know? So just press the start button and and I think it works out.
1: Yeah, take that step. Uh, You'll figure it out in the process. Love it. Uh, So final question. Uh, And we're going to ask everyone this question as we finish each show. But when your change in the world is complete, what will that look like?
2: Every single classroom in America will have five to 10, five to 10 standing desks ready for their students.
1: Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love that it's it's measurable and attainable. Like people can throw stuff out there, but you having, you know, hey, here's the number that I think is the minimum and I want every single classroom. I love it, man. Uh, yeah. I look forward to, to working with you and continuing to see this mission forward and partnering and hopefully doing some cool stuff in the future. I really appreciate you being on the show. Anything you want to leave anyone with or things I didn't ask?
2: Yeah, I I appreciate you having me. And I think, um, you know, the one thing I I would like to leave everybody with is that, you know, everyone, I know everyone talks about the dream and and trying to go and accomplish your dream. But I think everyone has that one thing that they want to stand up for um, in their own life. You know, it might be standing up to a family member or a toxic friend, a toxic person or a bully or the boss you hate at work. Or there's (laughs) that everyone's got that one thing that they want to stand up for. And most people don't because they don't want the drama and the anxiety and the stress that might come after. But I got to tell you, you know, I've never felt more alive uh, than, you know, when I actually have stood, stood up for something I believe in. So if you have something that you believe in, you know, just stand up for it and do whatever you can, uh, you know, to, to make it loud and proud.
1: Awesome. I love it. Great way to end, Derek. I appreciate your time, man.
0: Enjoy the rest of your morning. And we'll talk soon.
2: All right, Nick. Thanks so much. I appreciate it.
0: And that's it. Thank you for listening to the Strength to Change podcast. Be sure to check out Derek on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram. He's got a YouTube channel and support his movement to help stand up our kids around the United States and abroad. And if you need help with your health or fitness, be sure to check out my new group I just launched this January, Cult of Change. It's a private Facebook group or email group that you get monthly and weekly challenges as well as access to all of my online at home workouts. If you have any questions of those, you can email info at strengthtochange.com and we can get set up. Five dollars a month gets you one hundred percent access. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next time.